Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the V-Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto. For today's episode, we have Eric Nelson, dealer principal at Nelson Auto in Mount Prospect, Illinois, an independent store, and Patrick Janes, Director of Business Development for Stockwave. Eric and Patrick, welcome to today's program. Thank you for having me. Hey, Lance. Glad to be here. Awesome. Now, ladies and gentlemen, today we've, we've asked Eric to join the podcast to talk a little bit about acquiring used vehicle inventory. When auction prices are high and the buying's largely online these days, Eric, I understand you've been in the business for a decade plus. For, for the benefit of our listeners, could you just give us a little background about how you got your start in the car business? Definitely. Uh, I started all the way back in high school just because I liked playing with cars and I liked making money. And you put those two things together and you wind up being a used car dealer. <laughs> True so enough. I uh, flipped a few cars in high school. I, uh, I saw Northwood University because uh, they had an automotive marketing program. And so I, I went there and actually started my own little dealership while I was a student there. Hmm. And uh, when I graduated that in '08 came back to Chicago and opened up the store that I'm running now. Nice, nice. Now, you know, you're outside in the uh, suburban area of Chicago. There's a lot of independent dealerships and a lot of franchise stores around here, too. Um, tell us a little bit about how you work to differentiate your business from other dealers. So we focus on having, a, obviously, a good reputation. I mean, I think a lot of people try to do that, but we hopefully pull that off. Um, we give a free... A three-month warranty on all of our cars. They're all serviced, 100% ready to go. And I spend pretty much every day looking for inventory in one way or another and so I can have the stuff that people want and that will drive sales just by having the right inventory. That makes a big difference. Now, you, you mentioned Northwood University and you graduated there. What would you say were some of the key takeaways from your time at Northwood that you're applying now at your dealership? So, you know, one of the most important things I learned at Northwood, besides the whole, besides all the kind of education and the, you know, the law stuff and the, you know, all that kind of things, mm -hmm. uh, I can remember one conversation I had with uh, Professor Lascota near the end of my senior year when I went to him and said, should I go get a job at somebody's used car store and learn how to run things? Because at that point, I had never worked in the automotive industry except for being a porter in high school, and I actually got fired from that. So, <laughs> you know, so I'd never, <laughs> right, yeah. So, so I had no real professional experience in the car business, and I went to him and said, should I go work for somebody else and uh, learn some things on somebody else's dime? And he said, no, just go do your own thing and know that you're definitely going to screw things up, um, but know that as long as when you're screwing things up, you are learning from what you're screwing up and improving your business and improving what you're doing, it's going to be successful. So, and that was basically, that's the big picture at Northwood is, you know, learn stuff, screw things up, figure out why you had a problem, what's going on, mm -hmm. think critically, be successful. Pa Patrick, I know you do some... You know, Lance, I want to, yeah, I'm going to cut in there real quick on this Northwood thing. I can't help myself. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah. I, I get the opportunity to uh, the honor, honestly, to teach on behalf of Cox Automotive uh, up at Northwood and work with uh, uh, LG Bright up there. And I, I teach a freshman class, you know, basic velocity principles. Uh, and they actually get to get into the 
the auto software, and it's just uh, an amazing honor to be able to do it. I get a lot back out of it, quite frankly. But what amazes me about Northwood, and I think you described it really, really well, is every student up there, I mean, they are so entrepreneurial-minded, and they are all been in internships. They're all working either at dealerships while they're going to school or they're doing internships in the summer, and they're really learning the car business from an operational standpoint, you know, beyond just the marketing and the glitz and, and all these pieces. And, you know, I love cars, right? It's, they're really understanding yeah. the operations. And I, I'm just impressed by the work ethic. Keep in mind, these classes that I'm teaching, many cases, LG's like, hey, we can't fit it in. We got kids in athletics and all that. We got to start at 7 a.m. And every student's there at 7 a.m. at a college class <laughs> listening to me lecture. Yeah. It's mind-boggling to me. So hats off to Northwood, and I know you got a great education there. Now, where was that class when I was there? Because I don't remember any free V Auto <laughs> class when I was at Northwood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been doing it for the last two years. That's when we started our uh, okay. uh, sponsorship. The partnership, I should say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so way beyond your time. You're like an old veteran now, you know. You're like this uh, old guy that can tell all the stories, you know, <laughs> to the rest of the students. They'll have you back to, you know, be featured in a class of this successful uh, car dealer. So you're sorry, beyond your time. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Eric, you made a point a minute ago about, you know, trying to make sure your inventory reflects uh, what the market wants. And tell us a little bit about how you um, identify the, those vehicles. And, and I guess also, um, I'm curious your, your, where your monthly sales volume is uh, generally. So we average around 60 a month. Okay. Um, we had some really good months in uh, June and July where we were at uh, 191 respectively. Um, but you know, we, we average around 60 ish. So what the market demands when I say that, I mean, usually I'm looking for lower mileage vehicles because it, that seems to be what people always want. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be harder to source obviously, but I'm just, you know, I just have to be pickier. I just have to work harder to find them. And sometimes it's even older, lower mileage vehicles. And then obviously I do some newer off-lease Hondas and Toyotas and things that are high-quality vehicles that, that people want. So that's a good point, working harder to find the cars you need. Um, now, I understand you do use the StockWave tool to, to help you. So what does working harder to get the cars translate to on a day-to-day -day basis for you, Eric? To me, it means just looking at, at a bunch of different sources mm -hmm. and looking at a bunch more cars. So that's typically what I do is, is, you know, every day means that I'm online um, either bidding on live sales and, you know, obviously sitting there with the StockWave desktop app and, uh, you know, going through the cars real quickly and just waiting to see if I can find something that's a winner. Um, or in the afternoon going through the OVE sales and just kind of sifting through inventory and looking for looking for the winners in there. And does StockWave then help you do that sifting a little more efficiently then? Yeah, that's, that is the thing it does, is it, is it speeds up the process of being able to look through. Because I remember back, you know, I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know how long I've been with StockWave, but if it was five or ten years ago, or whenever I didn't have StockWave, I'd be sitting there, you know, opening up a car and 
going, oh, this looks fairly decent. Click the Carfax. Oh, my gosh, severe damage times three. Okay, that's why it's that cheap. Mm-hmm. Next car, look at it. looks okay. Open up the Carfax. Oh, no, this one's had its miles ro- rolled back, you know. So now I can see fairly quickly if, uh, if things are, are worth taking a further look at. And are you, are you running a, a proxy bids while you're out sort of bidding on stuff too? Is there like a virtual buyer in the background, so to speak, or is it mostly live? Um, you know, so if it's, a, if it's a live sale, then I'm mostly bidding on those live. And if it's an OVE sale, a lot of those end at the same time. So mm-hmm. those ones, you can, you can put your bids in and wait for them to close. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, how would you say the market is? We're talking here toward the tail end of September. How does the market right now look to you compared to maybe where it was a month ago? So from what I can see, the the supply is definitely coming back. And it's, to me, and this is just my personal opinion, it looks like it's starting to turn and it looks like it's going to start getting cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I am looking forward to the time in 30 to 60 days when I can stock a whole lot more stuff. What, what's the typical amount? What, what, where would the sweet spot be? I mean, if you're typically retailing 60 cars, what do you like to have on the ground? I like to have about 100 uh, cars, retail-ready cars, on the ground, and then obviously you're going to have some, some stuff in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Right now, like this month, we've sold all the way down to about 30 cars advertised and you mm. know ready to sell. Um, and we're going to wind up with like a probably a 35 or 40 car month because of that, because we're just super inventory limited. limited. Mm-hmm. But I'm also very confident that prices are obviously very high right now and are going to fall a long ways. And I don't know if anybody else you've been talking to has said this, but uh, we're certainly seeing a, a drop off in, in retail demand right now. And I've heard that a lot of other people are seeing that right now. Patrick, what are you catching from the dealers you talk to? Yeah, I just uh, did a pretty deep study on what we've seen with our, you know, we've got 12,000 auto dealers that uh, use our inventory management software, so we get to study them on a daily basis. And uh, what we really saw, you know, truly that V-shaped recovery um, when the pandemic first hit, and we saw sales and really acquisitions, purchases, jump back up after, you know, we hit the bottom. Uh, in, in March and April and May, it shot back up to like 120% of prior year. Well, what happened was dealer inventory just diminished. So there you go, right? You've got more supply, uh, more demand than you have supply. And what's that do to wholesale prices? Through the roof. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you over the last 30 days watching that same trend, we're now seeing retail sales are down to about 100% of prior year. And, you know, some may say they're going to drop down even a little bit less. And we're seeing dealer inventories creep back up to where they were last year at this time. So when those two things come together, that's when it seems the wholesale market kind of starts to get more reasonable. And I think you're right on by speculating that there's going to be some some deals on the market on the wholesale side, and you're going to be able to buy a little bit a little bit sharper. Eric, I'm curious in your case, what are the signs that you're looking at that suggest maybe, re, I mean, you're clearly you're hearing it from other dealers too, and Patrick just affirmed it, but in your market, are there any specific things that give you a little bit of a sense, you know, like, hey, maybe this thing's slowing down a, t- a tad? So I like to look at uh, Google Trends 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but you know, if you're if you're searching for words, it'll tell you how much people are are searching for those words. Mm-hmm. And so, if you go on Google Trends and search the words "used cars," you can go back and do a uh, since 2004 till now history, and you can see that every year there's kind of patterns of when consumers are, you know, high points of searching for cars, which is of course you know, the early springtime, and there's a low point of them searching for cars in November, December. And um, and that obviously correlates pretty closely with the retail demand that we see. So I always like going on there to run that and go, okay, what, what are the used car searches looking like right now? Because it'll give me some idea of, you know, what I might expect for the coming week or weeks. Hmm, that's interesting. I'll tell you, I think he just he just validated his Northwood degree. <laughs> I mean, who 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 would think of that, right? I mean, that's 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 being very, you know, scientifically data driven. I, I like that. So, I mean, you know, they're right. you know, Google, right? I mean, let's let's uh, look at that and see what kind of trend that gives us. I I, I think it's brilliant. I was gonna say you can see this year's is actually even more interesting because you can see that the the used car searches went down to like nothing in April, like you'd expect, and then uh, just went nuts afterwards and then you know you can kind of see where it's it's trailed off at this point to like a you know a pretty low level so you know that sets my expectations so so i'm curious eric if i mean it sounds to me like the you know you're sort of waiting for the market to cool off i guess in terms of wholesale values to to stock up but but here we are saying you know retail demand is maybe trailing so that seems a little counterintuitive to me, at least in terms of maybe you'll have too much stuff. And I, I guess, walk me through how you think about that. Well, I know I've definitely been, I've definitely been holding back on my purchases. Um, okay. You know, and I've been shifting my purchases into lower dollar cars recently. Um, I've actually still got probably like a, a crazy number of cars in my pipeline, like. You know, not not a crazy number, but crazy relative to what we have advertised. If mm-hmm. we've only got 30 cars advertised, I've probably got 30 or 40 cars. But the problem is if you start buying 10-year-old cars, well, you know, then it's going to need uh, two bumpers painted, and it's going to need, you know, all four brakes, and it's going to need tires, and it's going to need all this other stuff. So now all of a sudden, that car takes a lot longer to move through, you know, the reconditioning process than that off-lease 30,000-mile you know, RAV4 did. Mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to buy inventory. I'm just, personally, I'm trying to stock cheaper stuff right now where, you know, you can't you can't get hurt on it. The, the off-lease stuff still seems very expensive to me where if people pull back on their purchases and then, you know, wholesale purchases pull back on their purchasers, we could see a, a big correction in both wholesale and retail prices. Whereas, you know, if it's a 2008 uh, Honda Accord with 75,000 miles, you're, if you bought it halfway right, you're never going to get hurt on it. That's a really good point. I, I think that's more validation of that degree we talked about from Northwood. Just don't yeah, tell anybody else about my theory, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think is interesting is if you look at, you know, tax time, and I'm, you're, you know, obviously, I'm sure, very in uh, sync with what happens in tax time in your market. But that's when people have that, you know, extra cash. Well, you know, there's a hope if it ever gets through Congress, we'll have another round of stimulus checks. And I, I'd like to be the guy that has those cheaper cars out there, right? Because that's the stuff that gets gobbled right. up first as people are, are still not confident 
about going back to rideshare programs and all that. I mean, we've heard that, that people are like going out and buying cars because they, because they have to, they don't want to go out and buy, yep. you know, a high end expensive vehicle, but they need just basic transportation because of what the pandemic has done. And they get a little stimulus money in their pocket. And those are the cars they are probably going to gravitate towards. Yep. I would agree with that. Eric, I'm cu- a couple more questions here, but I'm, I'm kind of curious with the focus on the, 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 let's call them cheaper, higher mileage cars, which do carry, you know, greater risk of, of recon expense and such. I'm wondering, you know, there are some dealers who are just reluctant, even in this day and age, to to buy something that they haven't seen and smelled and, you know, touched. Um, And I guess I'm curious, what's been your experience for those cars that you acquire and they aren't up to the expectation? I'm I'm wondering about arbitration, how often that that happens and and how it goes when it does. So on... If you're, it depends, I guess, if you're buying stuff as is or if you're buying stuff green light. And I try to buy as much stuff green light mm. as possible because, obviously, then you have recourse. And if something comes in that's not what you're expecting, then you can arbitrate it. I've been fairly happy with uh, a lot of stuff I buy through Mannheim. Uh, not to say that I don't buy through other sources, but I feel like when something when something goes squirrely with a Mannheim purchase and it's not what it's supposed to be, even if the arbitration people start off by telling you, well, we're not going to arbitrate this because uh, it's a 10-year-old car and you should know better than expect a nice 10-year-old car or whatever kind of baloney they, they throw at you to start with, mm-hmm. I've found that pretty much all the time, if you talk your way up to a, a assistant general manager and say, look, this is the situation. You know this isn't right. I know this isn't right. You need to make it right. Um, it's been taken care of. But sometimes you have to bring it up to there. But you know, usually stuff is accurate enough that it, you don't have to take it that far. That's good to know. That's good to know. A last question, Eric. We, we, we talked a second ago about you know the potential of a market transition and then perhaps the uh, possibility of an infusion, you know, from from stimulus. Where do you think you're going to be um, the first week of January? You know, as you're sort of summarizing what your financials and performance look like for 2020. I'm hoping I'm going to be in Aruba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, buddy. He said, "Where where do I want where do I want to be?" And where, that's you know. <laughs> okay. Fair point. How about your business uh, financials? Where would you like to? What what do you expect or hope to see there? I mean, so we've obviously still got, you know, the last quarter of the year to get through. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if we can just have an, you know, an average last quarter, um, I think we're going to wind up up for the year. But a large part of that is that, you know, when coronavirus hit and things got cheap, you know, I bought like 100 cars in April because I was like, okay, this looks like an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I probably undersold a lot of that stuff because I had so much inventory at that point. I'd gone into the spring so heavy that I probably sold a few things too cheap wholesale and too cheap retail than, than I would if I'd known what was going to happen two months later. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I think because we, we stocked up so heavily and had all that extra inventory to sell in the, the months that followed, I think we're going to be at least slightly up for the year, if not more than that. That was that was certainly moving in the moment, and it sounds like it paid off. That's great. That's great. Well, Eric, thank you for taking the time to join us today. And Patrick, thank you for your perspective and time here with us as well. All right. Thank, thank you very much. We, I appreciate it.
All right. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.